Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. Well, we do want to welcome you back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters, and with me, as always, pastor and author Drake Hunter. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. As always, it's just wonderful to to see you. I, I get to see you, John, right here in the studio. Well, I don't know how wonderful <laughs> that is. It's definitely weird. Yes, yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we were just talking before we went on air. This is episode number 30 of the Wonderfully Weird Living podcast. It is uh, amazing to me that we're at number 30. Yes, and I, well, I'm, I'm having so much fun, John. I really am. It's just a blasty blast. So uh, I've been enjoying it. And it's yeah, unbelievable uh, to me that we've done this 30 times. It seems like uh, just yesterday we started the first uh, episode. And we were scared to death because we had no idea, either one of us, what we were doing. Yes. Now, now we're not, we still don't know what we're doing. We're just not scared. Yeah, now I'm comfortable with this big mic in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try to make it simple. Yes. Oh, what a lead in, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this last week, uh, uh, you preached a message that uh, I found fascinating and one that is much needed. And uh, the name of the message was Simple Man, based upon the the song or using the song Simple Man by Leonard Skinner as the, the uh, theme, if you will. But uh, really setting up two parts of what every Christian should long for in every aspect of life, and that is trust right. and simplicity. Yes. And those two, if we can get those properly in place, eliminates about 99% of the problems that we have. Absolutely. If we can get into our into our own character, uh, trust and understand what that trust is and how to obtain it, where we can truly, uh, as I shared Sunday, have that careless trust, not only with God, but with one another. Once you understand and can really figure that out, life becomes uh, so uh, rewarding in the sense of now you understand how to trust someone we know how to trust god carelessly but in in the sense of the trust we're talking about here is how do i trust you john and how do i develop that without destroying uh, myself our relationship or or anything that is remotely connected to that and so how important is to know trust and and have that uh, ability to discern and 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 be uh use discretion to truly uh, move to the next uh, aspect of life or whatever that might be. And then, of course, simplicity is just a, a practice. I think oftentimes, John, uh, we forget there's divine practices, black and white, that exist. And, of course, there's many of them, the inward, outward, uh, out, upward, let's see, it's inward, outward, upward disciplines that Foster puts uh, on, on the table. Uh, but it's this one practice, simplicity, that truly uh, relieves that tension we talked about a couple weeks ago or last episode. It relieves a lot of pressure because when we make it simple, we knock out the complexity and the difficulties and all of that of life, and then we just put those lens, lenses and that habit practice on, if you will, and boy, life becomes simpler. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk much more in depth about these two. I want to read the uh, uh, passage that you use Sunday morning from Psalm 37, verses 4 through 6. A uh, great way to set it up. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, there's a caveat there, mm -hmm. because when you take delight in the Lord, then the desires of your heart become the desires of the Lord. Yes, Subjective, so, that's right. Right. And then it goes on to say, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. And right there in that passage uh, that you used, you see both sides of that, the trust and that's the right. simplicity. Trust in God and he will do the rest. That's right. And you can trust in that, and it becomes so simple because we don't have to do it then. Right, and commit to the way. And again, that's objective way. And, and part of that way, as we understand, is simplicity. And God designed life to be simple. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is we complicate things with our own fears and biases and everything that goes along with that. And so, yes, uh, right there in verse 5 there, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. Uh, it's that simple, but sometimes we just make it so complicated. All right, so you said trust in him. Trust, that's the first part of it, so let's dive into it. And uh, as you asked in your message, mm -hmm. what is trust? Yes, and I use the, you know that experience of the circus uh, with the trapeze artist, and, and it's truly that simple when we understand uh, our own experiences, and most have gone to a circus and they've seen uh, the trapeze performance. Well, there's only two positions. Uh, quickly, we know this, the flyer and the catcher. Well, in this uh, example, we are the flyer. We're the ones practicing, doing the maneuvers, and doing those death-defying uh, you know, uh, acrobats up in the air, but really, it's, it's the other side of that relationship that truly is the star of the show and that's the catcher uh, the catcher has all the responsibility to make sure that that show is exactly the circus if you will the trapeze performance is exactly what it needs to be uh, which the the effort is always to be excellent and praiseworthy in the sense of uh, how we're using it today so yes trust uh, that's a good picture and we see that the flyer completely puts their trust into the catcher but then we can break it down. We can have a little bit. Let's let's have a teaching moment here, and let's break down the the the. Um, let's break trust down in its content. What is it? And we uh, at Elevating Life Church we teach this as one of our first discipleship classes. We teach is well, basically there's uh, we'll say four. We can break it down to five elements, but just to keep it simple, uh, understanding uh, first and foremost is a, a piece of trust that we need. When a catcher understands or a person understands and has empathy for somebody, uh, of course they're going to have understanding. And with that understanding, call it compassion, can we use that, uh, have, has compassion for whatever's happening, they begin building trust. And of course, number two is the character. We know God's character is perfect, but then the person that we're connecting with in relationship, do they have the character uh, and understanding to truly uh, have a relationship that you're hoping for, mm -hmm. right? Because we know this, many people, we are at different levels with our character, and if we don't have character, 
And that's, uh, let's say, those different traits like discernment and discretion and, uh, we'll say, obedience and everything that goes with who we are. Uh, if that character is not there, we can't trust him. But if it is, we can trust him. So you got understanding. We'll say compassion. Then we have character. But then on uh, uh, another piece of trust is, well, ability. Uh, does you know? Does that person or in this relationship is there? Uh, what's the word? Let's use a C word to keep it consistent. Capable. Do they have? Yeah. The the cap- Are they capable? Mm-hmm. Do they have the abilities? Do they have the skills to truly trust? Not every not everybody has the ability to trust for whatever reason. But when you can assess their abilities. Uh, and you know where they're at, then you can lean into that, and that should be the expectation. Then, so I always think of a doctor here, right, uh, John? If we go to the hospital and we need a doctor, I appreciate their compassion for me. Mm-hmm. I even appreciate their character, their bedside manner. Mm-hmm. But then I'm really, really hoping that they have some abilities that I can trust in, so that, so that. What I need to be done is going to happen in in the sense of whatever that expectation or hope is. They have the ability or they have the capacity to, to do it. And oftentimes, don't we get uh, lost in, misunder- or in understanding what that is? Because I do think I'm going to bring it back to the church. We're a spiritual hospital. And then, yes, we have people that have a lot of empathy or compassion. We have people that their character is right on, integrity and all that. But what's missing oftentimes is the ability. Uh, you know, we have to have certain uh, abilities as a pastor, as as a ministry director, or whatever position we're in. There should be some type of ability or at least some type of discipline where you're learning more and more those abilities and skills or whatever that takes. And so becoming more like Jesus. Becoming more like Jesus. Uh, Jesus just, there's a misunderstanding. People just believe that Jesus just sat there and just waited time. And then he just had the abilities because the ability because he was divine. Well, then he's mocking us if he did that. He perfectly learned those right. skills. He knew exactly how to use uh, those, uh, that time to develop skills. Mm-hmm. And we see this in his ministry. We see this even, I'm sure, in his professional life. He was a carpenter. And we have to learn, as Paul says, I've learned the secrets. And learning is truly being intentional and leaning in and seeking after the kingdom of God in, in any of those areas when it comes to ability. So that's why we have to be careful when we bring our problems, our issues, let's say, to friends or family they all have good opinions but do they have the ability to really help you perhaps uh, think more like christ uh, put those patterns in place in how we are thinking or are they just kind of is the blind leading the blind right they may be very compassionate they may have great character but not have the capacity or the capability to actually help with the issue and we're blindly trusting aren't we Mm -hmm. and then what happens is well that didn't work and we have a lot of suffering and hurt and a lot of all kinds of different issues going on with good intent that's not the issue here the problem is who we're leaning into are you going to go to a witch doctor are you uh, going back to the hospital you're going to go a witch doctor you want somebody who has uh, you know a which is next the next part of trust is do they have a track record with Mm -hmm. those abilities or uh, the capacity because uh, the track record is important when it comes to trust uh, and 
and we use the different we use a word in our church called uh chase it's a c word uh well one thing we look at in in trust is do i have to chase after you because if i have to chase after you have a track record uh that perhaps is not lining up with uh true let's say good intent now and those every and we refuse to chase people in in our ministry if i have to chase you then there's something fishy if you will with trust right yeah what was it that jesus said let's see what was follow me not follow i'm going to me. chase you now that's different than you know a lost sheep we're, we're not talking right. in that context uh but we are talking about you know trust uh, you see a lot of people friendship. You're you're chasing people, and they're running, and their their trust is all over the place with the other areas of trust. And then what happens is we get ourselves in a vicious cycle when it comes to uh, their track record, your track record. And so we have to learn to truly, once again, be careless trust with God, and then learn how to discern and be discreet with our our who we're going to trust and who we're not going to trust. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. I get that, but when we say careless trust, I'm I'm doing everything I can as as an individual in my relationships to really discern the different relationships in my life, and I, what I, what am I doing there is I'm doing everything I can to build careless trust with those people. So, John, you're one of those people in my life. I have careless trust with you. That means I have to care less about uh, trusting you because you've got my back. Right. No matter if I'm in front of you, if you're out there, uh, whatever, you have my interest, you have my back, and vice versa. And so at that point, that's careless trust. I don't even have to think twice about our trust, John. My wife, I don't have to think about it. That's careless trust. Right. And, of course, I just I just adopted that from Hen- Henry Cloud's work. I mean, brilliant work on integrity. But that is so true. And of course, with my military background, I can really connect with that because that's all we're doing in those different situations and circumstances and experience in the military. I've got to trust you with a careless trust because I don't have time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the content really of trust. So again, it's uh, the we'll just use the four C's, compassion. And then we have the second C, character, character, and then capacity. Uh, we can say capability too, uh-huh. I guess. And then chase or track record. What what right. what are those? And when you understand those, you put those all together, and you can discern that. Then you know who you can trust or not tr- trust, especially when it comes to team, or perhaps relationships, whatever that looks like. Church, we're constantly doing that, and. If I question trust, I'm like, ah, as you know, I've shared this. I don't trust everybody in our church. Love them. Right. Absolutely adore them. But when it comes to trust, do you have Elevating Life Church interest? Uh, Do you have uh, the the commission, the great commission, great commandment? Ah, If not, then we we have to be discerning with that. So can we – could we use the word faith in there for the careless trust? That total faith? Total faith, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because faith is a, nothing more than belief mm-hmm. plus action. And so uh, we believe, you know, that's what happens oftentimes with trust. You think about it. We believe. We want to trust everybody. Mm-hmm. And we can even go catastrophic with that. Uh, 
I want to have careless trust with everybody. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful with that because that, that doesn't exist in a broken world. But then once you have that belief and you understand and you believe in these different areas of trust, then you put those together and then you put action. Then you do something. And then, of course, belief plus action or whatever you're doing equals faith. So, yes, faith kind of works with everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we have trust. And then on the other side of that is the simplicity. And this is where I think many times we as Christians stumble is because we get in our own way. We stumble over our own feet trying to figure out how to do it from my way, trying to do do things my (laughs) way. And it just confuses things puts uh you know it's like uh, running a hundred yard dash but yet i'm throwing hurdles up in front of myself while everybody else is just running and i'm trying to jump over hurdles trying to win the race while throwing these things in my path yeah you're trusting yourself more than anybody else because of course you've been hurt or whatever but once we understand trust then we have a responsibility you think about it uh simplicity now where you're going here uh is the responsibility of the the person the christian Mm-hmm. Uh, God created trust in, in its purity, in its, in its form, uh, and, and we can grab onto that. But that's faith. Excuse me. That's belief, what you were talking about. And we can believe in that, but now we've got to do something. And, of course, Jesus presented all those practices, those maneuvers, if you will, like a flyer does in a circus, and go, like, trust in God, find like-minded people to do, the, to do that together, and then allow the discipline. Again, Richard Foster puts that in place. Uh, the the practice or the habit of simplicity to be what you do. And of course, there's there's different aspects to simplicity. And I quickly unfolded those uh, different areas for a reason because we're going to go there next year with practices and. And leadership and all that but how important is it because how important is it to know what simplicity is because oftentimes going back to our own self experience we'll define that the way we want to we're not objective or subjective you better be very careful with that that's a chance process you need to go learn what it is so that then you can put the proper practice in place simplicity it's not just me it's easy just personal peace or whatever that is uh no you got to understand exactly what it is and i unfolded uh a uh, an experience i had with simplicity if you have ever experienced computers and we all have if you're listening to this podcast you're experiencing computers uh the the there's only one concept when it comes to uh the computer and it's very simple. It's the on-off concept. Mm-hmm. It's known as binary, right? And years ago, I, uh, when, when the personal computer just came out in the early 90s, I, I went ahead and, because I didn't have the money to buy a, a, a good one, I had to buy one and put it together from, from the board up. Capacitors, transistors, diodes. Right. <laughs> I say, I recall me just with the soldering gun, putting all that together. But all you're doing is you're just putting things in certain order, one way or another, side by side or up or down. And that's how simple a computer is once you uh, can discern and, and divide those different uh, levels and different areas. It becomes so simple. You're like, well, duh. 
<laughs> that's all it is. Now, we complicate things because people, our experience, uh, perhaps your beliefs, practices say, oh, my goodness, look at that. It's been around for 50 years now. Of course, it's going to be complicated, but it's nothing more than layers and then things side by side, uh, that on and off concept that, that it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're learning a new song, correct? Yeah, for this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very complicated. To end. But as we were talking, well, you said, I just got to break it down to the most simplistic um, um, little phrase at a time. Yeah, one phrase at a time. And then you learn it, and then you stack those different areas up side by side, up and down for suspense and whatever that is. Or they don't call it suspense in music. What do they call it? Tension. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Climax of the song. But the different dynamics yes. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it, everything now, if we think about it, let's stop and think about it. Everything, and I mean everything, is one basic concept and we can say in our faith it's on or off light or dark or we can even go to genesis 1 1 where i'm thinking of now heaven and earth mm-hmm. right and we make it so complicated part of that is we complicate things because we were like we don't want it here here as god wants it i want it self-centeredness here Right. And it doesn't work, even though in your small little world it might work for you, but not for the entire, let's say, God uh, system that's in place in our faith. It doesn't you, work. You lose the integrity then. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then integrity is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but yes, simplicity uh, has uh, you know different content. And now we understand this. When something's simplistic, we know the result. We know this. Um, Whatever is simple will always be this. First and foremost, it'll be reliable. Right. Right? We expect our computers and our relationships to be reliable. Number two, uh, it's uh, – I'm losing the word here. Thrifty. Thrifty. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another piece is thrifty. Now, we got to be careful here because a lot of Christians misunderstand this. Thrifty and cheap are two different things. I don't want a cheap computer. Now, I want it to be thrifty and low cost, and, uh, and exactly, you know, our marketing world gets this. That's why they can uh, take a computer that 10 years ago with a $7,000, and now I can buy it for nearly, you know, less than $500. Same computer. Actually, a better computer. Right. And it's thrifty. But And also thrifty in in how it works in that there's not a whole bunch of extra operations going on that have no real impact and so it uses thriftiness. They use thriftiness yeah. in yes. operation. And I believe you just brought – see if I can remember. WYSIWYG? WYSIWYG. Yeah, that what you see is what you get. Oh. That's a term in computer world. <laughs> Thrifty. We'll say easy, but in a way that that's going to give us the best results. And so thrifty. And then, of course, so we have now what, two of them? Reliable, thrifty, and then valuable. Valuable. Useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want this computer to be useful. So folks that are listening now, kind of think about you as that sim- simple person. Are you reliable? Are you thrifty? And are you useful? Now, I, I need to pause here because this is where self-esteem is so important. Because if you don't think you're useful, you don't think you have any valuable, uh, if you're not valuable, what's going to happen to your self-esteem? Well, I've been created in the image of God. Period. I believe that. I trust it carelessly. And uh, I'm going to lean into that. And I'm going to figure what that is because every person 
has usefulness. Mm-hmm. No matter what the humanitarians might be saying, no matter what, uh, let's say, the uh, impressionists might be saying, or whoever that is, in the Christian faith, every human being is useful, valuable. And we have to understand that that valuable or that usefulness comes from our purpose. And we have to figure out if we are what type of switch we are in the sense of a computer. You know, are we, are we this type, this type, or where do we belong? And so once we understand that, uh, that sense of satisfaction is like, yes. Problem is we fight it because we're like, but I want to be that. Right. <laughs> well, God made you to be this, not that. And you need to humble yourself and say, oh. And once you understand that objectively, then you're going to have a sense of peace that you've never experienced before. So now we have, uh, again, help me out, John. Reliable. Yes. Thrifty. Yes. Valuable or useful. And the last one. Service. Service. Isn't that interesting? Now, in the computer world, if you've ever taken binary or you understand language, uh, service is uh, these switches, if you will, or these transistors are serving one another side by side, up and down, and they're serving one another. Well, of course, in the Christian faith, we understand that. Jesus said, you know, serve. Mm -hmm. But you have to serve in the proper place. And when you serve where where you belong, where God created you, side by side, up or down, and then you come together with others and you're serving, the outcome are going to be exactly what we're talking about. You're a great – you you serve great. And so isn't that one of the – great um, experiences we get is to serve mm-hmm. one another in our place. But to do it in the proper place. Yeah. And the, yeah. It, it would be like uh, uh, your foot saying, yes, I'm going to serve, but I'm going to serve as <laughs> yes, a right. nose. Well, right. you may stink, but that's <laughs> yeah. uh, you're not a nose and you cannot serve in that capacity. Yeah, that's right. And, and, that's, and, and that's the word, capacity, right? Uh, you, going back to trust again, you got to know your capacity, your, your skills, where you belong. And then once you understand and you put yourself exactly where uh, you belong, again, we call this stacking in the computer world, uh, it becomes so simple. You stack one pebble at a time. Was it Proverbs 6, 6? Consider the ant, old, old slugger. All we're doing, considering that one person, that one pebble. And it's either stacked on top of one another or side by side. And we just do that one pebble at a time. And before time, and you know it, time and space happens and and then what happens is that stacking and all of that becomes complicated if you let it. Mm-hmm. Because you look at this now, this very complicated system, you're like, oh my goodness. Always come back to that Proverbs 6.6, 6. consider the ant. It's only a pebble, I promise you, mm-hmm. in life. Anything, relationship, anything you're building or developing, it's uh, just that simple concept of off and on or light and darkness or heaven and earth. And once you understand that, then you know how to turn yourself on to your faith, to the Christian faith, as Jesus did. And what a beautiful model, right? Perfect model. Well, and that leads into, you made a a statement in your message on Sunday that really struck me, and I highlighted it here because I wanted to bring it up. And you said, I'm going to quote this, Mm -hmm. all it takes is careless trust in God and making a choice to simply turn on purpose and turn off your apathy. Yes. Wow. Yes. And let's define apathy. That means your indifference with God, because that's what's complicating 
everything and making things difficult in even in relationship in what and what you're doing yeah mm-hmm. it's it's that simple but it's profound it's like yeah absolutely and so once we understand how to turn off our let's say problems now are we going to have problems yes right but that's in in in, in the in the focus of service we get to fix these things with a spirit of resolve to make sure that we're doing exactly what a simplistic system should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we're serving in purpose. And of course, purpose is what motivates you. Uh, purpose is that intentionality that, that sits in your heart. Uh, purpose is everything. And if you do not understand your purpose in the grand scale or even in what you're doing, like what we're doing here, how do you wake up every morning? Except for, oh my goodness, I got to do this this morning. No, we get to do this, is that attitude through that very simple practice of simplicity and trusting, first and foremost, in God, then your neighbor, but you have to be very discerning there. That's where the like-mindedness comes in. And if not, get them out of there. I mean, if you don't have like-minded people, you're shot. Well, there's a, a lot more we could get into for sure, but hopefully uh, this taste of trust and simplicity will encourage people to uh, ask questions and look into it more deeply. And speaking of questions, we have some to leave with yes. folks today. Uh, and number one is, what is careless trust and how do you apply it with God and with like-minded people? Number two, how can you practice, how can the practice of simplicity help you overcome some past fears? That one's huge. That's huge. And then number three, when looking at the results of simplicity, reliability, thriftiness, value, uh, serves well, what are some things you can actually do to make your life simpler for yourself and for others? And it's both of those, not just yourself, but for others as well. Yes togetherness and be a simple man a simple man not amazing hey by the way i want to uh just throw this out there for those who are in the fort morgan area uh we want to invite everyone to come out to christmas eve services next week uh we're doing them in the afternoon at 2 30 and 4 30 because we want to be sensitive to family time and and thought that that would be a great way to um be able to worship together but yet still have that valuable family time that's right uh to value the simple traditions that many of us uh Appreciate. Absolutely. What a way to end it. So come on out 2.30 and 4.30 at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, or join, join us on Facebook on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll be live on there as well. Well, Drake, as always, it's been an extreme pleasure and uh, very enlightening as uh, we dive deeper into uh, that wonderful weirdness that we're called to live in. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. I hope you love it too, John. <laughs> absolutely. All right. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Join us then on Wonderfully Weird Living. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.